Section 8 of Stories by Foreign Authors, German Authors, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by William Jones, Bonita Springs, Florida. Stories by Foreign Authors, German Authors, Volume 2, by various Section 8 Chapter 3 Peter Schlemiel by Adelbert von Camiso Chapter 3 It was yet early when I was suddenly awoke by voices in hot dispute in my antechamber. I listened. Bindel was forbidding Rascal to enter my room, who swore he would receive no orders from his equals, and insisted on forcing his way. The faithful Bendel reminded him that if such words reached his master's ears, he would turn him out of an excellent place. Rascal threatened to strike him if he persisted in refusing his entrance. By this time, having half-dressed myself, I angrily threw open the door, and addressing myself to Rascal, inquired what he meant by such disgraceful conduct. He drew back a couple of steps, and coolly answered, Count Peter, may I beg most respectfully that you will favor me with a sight of your shadow? The sun is now shining brightly in the court below. I stood as if struck by a thunderbolt, and for some time was unable to speak. At last I asked him how a servant could dare to behave so toward his master. He interrupted me by saying quite coolly, a servant may be a very honorable man, and unwilling to serve a shadowless master. I request my dismissal. I felt that I must adopt a softer tone, and replied, But rascal, my good fellow, who can have put such strange ideas into your head? How can you imagine? He interrupted me again in the same tone. People say you have no shadow. In short, let me see your shadow, or give me my dismissal. Bindel, pale and trembling, but more collected than myself, made a sign to me. I had recourse to the all-powerful influence of gold, but even gold had lost its power. Rascal threw it at my feet. From a shadowless man, he said, I will take nothing. Turning his back on me, and putting on his hat, he then slowly left the room, whistling a tune. I stood with Bindel, as if petrified, gazing after him. With a deep sigh and a heavy heart, I now prepared to keep my engagement, and to appear in the forester's garden like a criminal before his judge. I entered by the shady arbor, which had received the name of Count Peter's Arbor, where we had appointed to meet. The mother advanced with a cheerful air. Minna set fair and beautiful as the early snow of autumn reposing on the departing flowers, soon to be dissolved and lost in the cold stream. The ranger, with a written paper in his hand, was walking up and down in an agitated manner, struggling to suppress his feelings, his usually unmoved countenance being one moment flushed and the next perfectly pale. He came forward as I entered, 
and in a faltering voice requested a private conversation with me. The path by which he requested me to follow him led to an open spot in the garden where the sun was shining. I sat down. A long silence ensued, which even the good woman herself did not venture to break. The ranger, in an agitated manner, paced up and down with unequal steps. At last he stood still, and glancing over the paper he held in his hand, he said, addressing me with a penetrating look, "'Count Peter, do you know one Peter Schlemiel?' I was silent. "'A man,' he continued, "'of excellent character and extraordinary endowments.' He paused for an answer. "'And supposing I myself were that very man?' "'You?' he exclaimed passionately. "'He has lost his shadow.' "'Oh, my suspicion is true,' cried Minna. "'I have long known it. He has no shadow.' And she threw herself into her mother's arms, who convulsively, clasping her to her bosom, reproached her for having so long, to her hurt, kept such a secret. But like the fable Arethusa, her tears, as from a fountain, flowed more abundantly, and her sobs increased at my approach. "'And so,' said the ranger fiercely, "'you have not scrupled with unparalleled shamelessness "'to deceive both her and me, "'and you pretend to love her forsooth? "'Her whom you have reduced to the state "'in which you now see her? "'See how she weeps? "'Oh, shocking, shocking!' "'By this time I had lost all presence of mind, "'and I answered confusedly, after after all it is but a shadow a mere shadow which a man can do very well without and really it is not worth the while to make all this noise about such a trifle feeling the groundlessness of what i was saying i ceased and no one condescended to reply at last i added what is lost to-day may be found to-morrow be pleased sir continued the ranger in great wrath be pleased to explain how you have lost your shadow here again an excuse was ready a bore of a fellow said i one day trod so rudely on my shadow that he tore a large hole in it i sent it to be repaired for gold can do wonders and yesterday i expected it home again very well answered the ranger you are a suitor my daughter's hand and so are others as a father i am bound to provide for her i will give you three days to seek your shadow return to me in the course of that time with a well-fitted shadow and you shall receive a hearty welcome otherwise on the fourth day remember on the fourth day my daughter becomes the wife of another I now attempted to say one word to Minna, but sobbing more violently she clung still closer to her mother, who made a sign for me to withdraw. I obeyed, and now the world seemed shut out from me for ever. Having escaped from the affectionate care of Bendel, I now wandered wildly through the neighborhood woods and meadows, 
drops of anguish fell from my brow deep groans burst from my bosom frenzied despair raged within me i knew not how long this had lasted when i felt myself seized by the sleeve on a sunny heath i stopped and looking up beheld a grey-coated man who appeared to have run himself out of breath in pursuing me he immediately began i had said he appointed this day but your impatience anticipated it all however may yet be right take my advice redeem your shadow which is at your command and return immediately to the ranger's garden where you will be well received and all the past will seem a mere joke as for rascal who has betrayed you in order to pay his addresses to minna leave him to me he is just a fit subject for me i stood like one in a dream this day i considered again he was right i had made a mistake of a day i felt in my bosom for the purse he perceived my intention and drew back no count peter the purse is in good hands pray keep it i gazed at him with looks of astonishment and inquiry i only beg a trifle as a token of remembrance be so good as to sign this memorandum on the parchment which he held out to me were these words by virtue of this present to which i have appended my signature i hereby bequeath my soul to the holder after its natural separation from my body i gazed in mute astonishment alternately at the paper and the grey unknown in the meantime he had dipped a new pen in a drop of blood which was issuing from a scratch in my hand just made by a thorn he presented it to me who are you at last i exclaimed what can it signify he answered do you not perceive who i am a poor devil a sort of scholar and philosopher who obtains but poor thanks from his friends for his admirable arts and whose only amusement on earth consist in his small experiments but just sign this to the right exactly underneath peter schlemiel i shook my head and replied excuse me sir i cannot sign that cannot he exclaimed and why not because it appears to me a hazardous thing to exchange my soul for my shadow hazardous he exclaimed burst into a loud laugh and pray may i be allowed to inquire what sort of a thing your soul is have you ever seen it and what do you mean to do with it after your death you ought to think yourself fortunate in meeting with a customer who during your life in exchange for this infinitely minute quantity this galvanic principle this polarized agency or whatever other foolish name you wish to give it is willing to bestow on you something substantial in a word your own identical shadow by virtue of which you will obtain your beloved minna and arrive at the accomplishment of all your wishes or do you prefer giving up the poor younger girl to the power of that contemptible scoundrel rascal nay 
you shall behold her with your own eyes come here i will lend you an invisible cap he drew something out of his pocket and we will enter the ranger's garden unseen i must confess that i felt excessively ashamed to be thus laughed at by the grey stranger i detested him from the very bottom of my soul and i really believe this personal antipathy more than principle or previously formed opinion restrained me from purchasing my shadow much as i stood in need of it at such an expense besides the thought was insupportable of making this proposed visit in his society to behold this hateful sneak this mocking fiend place himself between me and my beloved between our torn and bleeding hearts was too revolting an idea to be entertained for a moment i considered the past as irrevocable my own misery as inevitable and turning to the gray man i said i have exchanged my shadow for this very extraordinary purse and i have sufficiently repented it for heaven's sake let the transaction be declared null and void he shook his head and his countenance assumed an expression of the most sinister cast i continued i will make no exchange whatever for even for the sake of my shadow nor will i sign the paper it follows also that the incognito visit you propose to me would afford you far more entertainment than it could possibly give me accept my excuses therefore and since it must be so let us part i am sorry mr schlemiel that you thus obstinately persist in rejecting my friendly offer perhaps another time i may be more fortunate farewell may we shortly meet again but a propos allow me to show you that i do not undervalue my purchase but preserve it carefully so saying he drew my shadow out of his pocket and shaking it cleverly out of his folds he stretched it out at his feet in the sun so that he stood between two obedient shadows his own and mine which was compelled to follow and comply with his every movement on again beholding my poor shadow after so long a separation and seeing it degraded to so vile a bondage at the very time that i was so unspeakably in want of it my heart was ready to burst and i wept bitterly the detested wretch stood exulting over his prey and unblushingly renewed his proposal one stroke of your pen and the unhappy minna is rescued from the clutches of the villain rascal and transferred into the arms of the high-born count peter merely a stroke of your pen my tears broke out with renewed violence but i turned away from him and made a sign for him to be gone mendel whose deep solicitude had induced him to come in search of me arrived at this very moment the good and faithful creature on seeing me weeping and that a shadow evidently mine was in the power of the mysterious unknown determined to rescue it by force should that be necessary and disdaining to use any finesse 
he desired him directly and without any disputing to restore my property instead of a reply the gray man turned his back on the worthy fellow and was making off but bindell raised his buckthorn stick and following close upon him after repeated commands but in vain to restore the shadow he made him feel the whole force of his powerful arm the gray man as if accustomed to such treatment held down his head slouched his shoulders and with soft and noiseless steps pursued his way over the heath carrying with him my shadow and also my faithful servant for a long time i heard hollow sounds ringing through the waste until at last they died away in the distance and i was again left to solitude and misery alone on the wild heath i disburdened my heart of an insupportable load by giving free vent to my tears but i saw no bounds no relief to my surpassing wretchedness and i drank in the fresh poison which the mysterious stranger had poured into my wounds with a furious avidity as i retraced in my mind the loved image of my minna and depicted her sweet countenance all pale and in tears such as i had beheld her in my late disgrace the bold and sarcastic vision of rascal whatever and anon thrust itself between us i hid my face and fled rapidly over the plains but the horrible vision unrelentingly pursued me till at last i sank breathless on the ground and bedewed it with a fresh torrent of tears and all this for a shadow a shadow which one stroke of the pen would repurchase i pondered on the singular proposal and on my hesitation to comply with it my mind was confused i had lost the power of judging or comprehending the day was waning apace i satisfied the cravings of hunger with a few wild fruits and quenched my thirst at a neighbouring stream night came on i threw myself down under a tree and was awoke by the damp morning air from an uneasy sleep in which i had fancied myself struggling in the agonies of death bendale had certainly lost all trace of me and i was glad of it i did not wish to return among my fellow-creatures i shunned them as the hunted deer flies before its pursuers thus i passed three melancholy days i found myself on the morning of the fourth on a sandy plain basking in the rays of the sun and sitting on a fragment of rock for it was sweet to enjoy the genial warmth of which i had so long been deprived despair still preyed on my heart suddenly a slight sound startled me i looked around prepared to fly but saw no one on the sunlit sand before me flitted the shadow of a man not unlike my own and wandering about alone it seemed to have lost its master this sight powerfully excited me shadow thought i art thou in search of thy master in me thou shalt find him and i sprang forward to seize it fancying that could i succeed in treading so exactly in its traces as to step in its footmarks it would attach itself to me and in time become accustomed to me and follow all my movements 
the shadow as i moved took to flight and i commenced a hot chase after the airy fugitive solely excited by the hope of being delivered from my present dreadful situation the bare idea inspired me with fresh strength and vigour the shadow now fled towards a distant wood among whose shades i must necessarily have lost it seeing this my heart beat wild with fright my ardour increased and lent wings to my speed i was evidently gaining on the shadow i came nearer and nearer i was within reach of it when it suddenly stopped and turned toward me like a lion darting on its prey i made a powerful spring and fell unexpectedly upon a hard substance then followed from an invisible hand the most terrible blows in the ribs that anyone ever received the effect of my terror made me endeavour convulsively to strike and grasp at the unseen object before me the rapidity of my motions brought me to the ground where i lay stretched out with a man under me whom i held tight and who now became visible the whole affair was now explained the man had undoubtedly possessed the bird's nest which communicates its charms of invisibility to its possessor though not equally so to his shadow and this nest he had now thrown away i looked around and soon discovered the shadow of this invisible nest i sprang towards it and was fortunate enough to seize the precious booty and immediately became invisible and shadowless the moment the man regained his feet he looked all around over the wide sunny plain to discover his fortunate vanquisher but could see neither him nor his shadow the latter seeming particularly to be the object of his search for previous to our encounter he had not had leisure to observe that i was shadowless and he could not be aware of it becoming convinced that all traces of me were lost he began to tear his hair and give himself up to all the frenzy of despair in the meantime this newly acquired treasure communicated to me both the ability and the desire to mix again among mankind i was at no loss for a pretext to vindicate this unjust robbery or rather so deadened had i become i feel no need of a pretext and in order to dissipate every idea of the kind i hastened on regardless of the unhappy man whose fearful lamentations long resounded in my ears such at the time were my impressions of all the circumstances of this affair i now ardently desired to return to the ranger's garden in order to ascertain in person the truth of the information communicated by the odious unknown but i knew not where i was until ascending an eminence to take a survey of the surrounding country i perceived from its summit the little town and the gardens almost at my feet my heart beat violently and tears of a nature very different from those i had lately shed filled my eyes i should then once more behold her anxiety now hastened my steps unseen i met some peasants coming from the town they were talking of me of rascal and of the ranger 
I would not stay to listen to their conversation, but proceeded on. My bosom thrilled with expectation as I entered the garden. At this moment I heard something like a hollow laugh which caused me involuntarily to shudder. I cast a rapid glance around, but could see no one. I passed on. Presently I fancied I heard the sound of footsteps close to me, but no one was within sight. My ears must have deceived me. It was early. No one was in Count Peter's bower. The gardens were deserted. I traversed all the well-known paths, and penetrated even to the dwelling-house itself. The same rustling sound became now more and more audible. With anguished feelings, I sat down on a seat placed in the sunny space before the door, and actually felt some invisible fiend take a place by me, and heard him utter a sarcastic laugh. The key was turned in the door, which was opened. The forest master appeared with a paper in his hand. Suddenly my head was, as it were, enveloped in a mist. I looked up, and, oh, horror, the gray-coated man was at my side, peering in my face with a satanic grin. He had extended the mist cap he wore over my head. His shadow and my own were lying together at his feet in perfect amity. He kept twirling in his hand the well-known parchment with an air of indifference, and while the ranger, absorbed in thought and intent upon his paper, paced up and down the arbor, my tormentor confidentially leaned toward me and whispered, So, Mr. Schlemiel, you have at length accepted my invitation, and here we sit, two heads under one hood, as the saying is. Well, well, all in good time, but now you can return me my bird's nest. You have no further occasion for it, and I am sure you are too honorable a man to withhold it from me. No need of thanks, I assure you. I had infinite pleasure in lending it to you. He took it out of my unresisting hand and put it into his pocket, and then broke into so loud a laugh at my expense that the forest master turned round, startled at the sound. I was petrified. You must acknowledge, he continued, that in our position a hood is much more convenient. It serves to conceal not only a man, but his shadow, or as many shadows as he chooses to carry. I, for instance, to-day bring two, you perceive. He laughed again. Take notice, Schlemiel, that what a man refuses to do with a good grace in the first instance, he is always in the end compelled to do. I am still of opinion that you ought to redeem your shadow and claim your bride, for it is yet time, and as to rascal, he shall dangle at a rope's end, no difficult matter, so long as we can find a bit, as a mark of our friendship. I will give you my cap into the bargain. The mother now came out, and the following conversation took place. What is Minna doing? She is weeping. Silly child, what good can that do? None, certainly. But it is too soon to bestow her hand on another. Oh, husband, you are too harsh to your poor child. 
no wife you view things in a wrong light when she finds herself the wife of a wealthy and honourable man her tears will soon cease she will waken out of a dream as it were happy and grateful to heaven to her parents as you will see heaven grant it may be so replied the wife she has indeed now considerable property but after the noise occasioned by her unlucky affair with that adventurer do you imagine that she is likely soon to meet with so advantageous a match as mr rascal do you know the extent of mr rascal's influence and wealth why he has purchased with ready money in this country six millions of landed property free from all encumbrances i have had all the documents in my hands it was he who outbid me everywhere when i was about to make a desirable purchase and besides he has bills on mr thomas john's house to the amount of three millions and a half he must have been a prodigious thief how foolishly you talk he wisely saved for others squandered their property a mere livery servant nonsense he has at all events an unexceptionable shadow true but while this conversation was passing the grey-coated man looked at me with a satirical smile the door opened and menna entered leaning on the arm of her female attendant silent tears flowing down her fair but pallid face she seated herself in the chair which had been placed for her under the lime-trees and her father took a stool by her side he gently raised her hand and as her tears flowed afresh he addressed her in the most affectionate manner my own dear good child my minna will act reasonably and not afflict her poor father who only wishes to make her happy my dearest child this blow has shaken you dreadfully i know it but you have been saved as if by a miracle from a miserable fate my minna you loved the unworthy villain most tenderly before his treachery was discovered i feel all this minna and far be it from me to reproach you for it in fact i myself loved him so long as i considered him to be a person of rank you now see yourself how differently it has turned out every dog has a shadow and the idea of my child having been on the eve of uniting herself to a man who but i am sure you will think no more of him a suitor has just appeared for you in the person of a man who does not fear the sun an honourable man no prince indeed but a man worth ten millions of golden ducats sterling a sum nearly ten times larger than your fortune consists of a man who will make my dear child happy nay do not oppose me be my own good dutiful child allow your loving father to provide for you and to dry up these tears promise to bestow your hand on mr rascal speak my child will you not minna could scarcely summon strength to reply that she had now no longer any hopes or desires on earth and that she was entirely at her father's disposal rascal was therefore immediately sent for and entered the room with his usual forwardness
but Minna, in the meantime, had swooned away. My detested companion looked at me indignantly and whispered, Can you endure this? Have you no blood in your veins? He instantly pricked my finger which bled. Yes, positively, he exclaimed, you have some blood left. Come, sign. The parchment and the pen were in my hand. End of section eight, chapter three, Peter Schlemiel by Adalbert von Camiso.